0: Welcome back to Industry Change, and today I'm in the Fitness Australia head office. I'm speaking to the CEO, Bill Moore. Welcome, Bill.
1: Thank you, Richard. Lovely to see you. Thanks you for having too. me. You too,
0: thank you. So today, um, I wanted to chat all about change. I think the Fitness Australia, if we look at fitness industry in general, uh, we were just talking, it's it's had a massive adjustment and change, and like any industry, it goes through a, a growth period and a stabilisation period. And uh, you've come aboard in this new role, is it 12 months, 18 months?
1: It's one year and two days, actually. One year and two days, perfect timing. Perfect timing. Counting the days now. (laughs) Unbelievable.
0: But um, the thing that I find very different, um, that you've started your your early career in the the fitness industry. And so you're probably uh, a great person to have the conversation around where do you think the industry is going, because you kind of started the industry. I'm curious to see, to hear more about that kind of First time that you stepped into the industry, you know, what was that first position you ever had um, before we're talking about what fitness is today?
1: I think it was the classic situation of wanting to make your hobby your career, really. I'd mm. always been an exercise. I've been to, trained in gyms for a long time, been physically active pretty much all of my life. And I was in construction the first stage of my life, um, and that's a tough old game. And I was always looking for an opportunity to get into fitness, mm. and that turned up in the mid-90s. Yep. A friend of mine whose gym I used to train at, and he said, let's put a gym together, the pair of us." So I found a site um, and then between us we put together Balmain Fitness, which is still standing today. Still standing, yeah. yeah it's still a classic. Standing. Yeah, I guess it is, yeah. It's a classic. And um, So that was my early venture into the fitness okay. industry. Yeah, at that stage, the industry wasn't particularly refined. Yeah. Um, when yeah. you
0: say refined, what do you mean by that?
1: Well, well, I think that we, there was still a very, the, the sort of traditional weights, bodybuilder, sweaty gym mm. image was still. Arnold
0: Schwarzenegger kind of style? Absolutely, yep. that was in that,
1: yeah. So th- that was what was going around, and I think that we lacked credibility and cut through with our market. Mm. Um, there were no big brands, yep. um, no opportunity really to build a lot of big brands, and you had a lot of money. So, there was a lot of independents that were all out there just trying to get their message out. Mm. And that was an interesting time and a fun time, I've got to say. Mm. Um, I enjoyed my time at that club. I had a few clubs after that. Yep. But in the process, got involved at an industry level because we weren't well organised. Mm. Department of Sport and Recreation, Department of Fair Trading came to a, a pretty loose group of fitness, independent fitness club centre owners yeah. and said, guys, you need to fix your act up. Yep. So we need you to form an association, that's how I got involved.
0: Right, so you formed one of the first associations then. Mm,
1: Fitness New South Wales, I was mm. on the steering committee to film that. Great. And sat on the board actually for a couple of years. So yeah, that was a fun time because it was all so new. It was all new, everything was just yeah. developing, right? And it was all going wrong, you know. <laughs> there was gyms closing everywhere. I was one of those blokes standing outside handing out leaflets on those cold mornings saying, sorry about that again. Oh, again? Second time? Okay, so
0: and and, the, and the, the memberships, I remember the memberships that you sold for like four-year memberships and things like that, <laughs> ah, right? Well, not everybody. Not right? you, uh, no. No, no. But yeah, that
1: was a common thing, Healthland yeah. was selling five-year memberships for yeah, sure. small change. You know? mm-hmm. like it was just a recipe for disaster. Yeah,
0: yeah. And from there, you have innovated a little, you've innovated quite a lot, that space. Um, now, you've been, you, you've been a pioneer in moving fitness offline, online. I'd love to hear a bit more about that story.
1: Yeah, that was, um, that was in the Michelle Bridges years. When you had an independent club, you could put a fantastic facility on, but you had no brand to right. drive it in the marketing. With, the, uh, with Michelle Bridges' experience, we, built it, we had a brand. And we knew that off the back of that, what can we do with this brand? Mm. This is a different space. Instead mm. of actually trying to you know, establish a brand, we've got a brand, what do we do with it? Mm. So delivery was everything. Right. So we no longer had a health club that we could say, here's a great... Here, you walk in the door and here's the equipment, right? Yeah, that's right. So we very, very carefully attached that brand to a lot of carefully selected uh, categories. Um, So we're we're in food, we're in uh, apparel. But the online was the big one. Right. We knew that if we cracked that, then, then we were going to have a, a completely different dialogue, a completely different narrative in the fitness industry yeah. if we're able to do that. Nobody else is really doing that that well in No, when I
0: say innovative, um, now, yes, we have a lot of brands doing online, doing programs, but when I always like to see where the pioneers, what happens, it's always the first few players that we've got an opportunity. For example, the internet, we have a brand. Now, nobody's connected the two up mm. in the way that you guys... Uh, did that. Mm, mm. What, what were the, the hurdles that you had to come across to actually say to people, hey, you can actually do fitness online?
1: Probably the biggest one was that we weren't clever in the space. We didn't, myself and Michelle, we weren't well educated in the space okay. and didn't have a, a, a sound understanding. Yeah. So, um, what we did was take on two business partners that did. Uh, and that is actually one of my maxims in business you know, you yeah. don't know everything, get, get help, get assistance, however that looks to get you where you need to go. So we took on two business partners that were very smart in the space. Yes. So then we had the delivery covered. We had the brand covered. Yep. We had an audience mm. that was ready and waiting to hear it. And also, we just caught the zeitgeist of what was going on in the community right. at the time. Yes. You yes. know, the notion timing. of timing. Yeah, the timing was spot mm. on.
0: Do you think timing's important in every area of business? Very
1: important. Very, mm. very tough to play the catch-up game. When we had 12 year body transformation really flying, The Biggest Loser, the TV show, put together their own version, and they literally stole our IP (laughs) to put this together. Um, And, of course, they had a lot of money behind it, and they actually had Shannon Ponton, who is one of the other trainers on The Biggest Loser, who was presenting it and facing it. Mm. Did it succeed? No, it didn't. It fell over. Why do you think so? When you're trying to play catch-up, what are you going to do with it? Mm. How are you going to be better than what? If you're going to do something... You've got to innovate in that market. Yeah. It's no good bringing, copying somebody else's product and saying, well, I'm doing it better with a different personality. You won't. Great. You're never going to do that. Right,
0: because it's a timing issue. You've got to be the first to the market with That's an innovative right. approach. That's a really uh, great piece of advice because I do believe that, uh, and we speak to a lot of business owners here, and as you know, we speak to a lot of health and fitness business owners, and I do believe that everybody has a uniqueness about them, and it's about understanding what uniqueness is and then matching it to the, the delivering, offering, and, and the, the distribution channel that you can get to.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. That mm-hmm. unique selling proposition. Yeah. I love
0: the process you said. You know, you attached your brand to other assets, other brands, mm. and they're the brands that you felt aligned with
1: and built all the brands up together. Yeah, we were very careful about that as well. Mm. Now, other, other trainers on the show were doing deals with car seat companies and goodness knows what else and pizza companies. <laughs> 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 that actually happened, yeah. So, but we were very careful about that. Yeah. We turned away a lot of money in the early days because okay. it just wasn't right for us. Mm. So, yeah. And
0: that's really holding true to values uh, because when you go got to turn away money, when there's money on the table, then you're yeah. saying no because you're seeing the bigger vision. Yeah, that's,
1: that's exactly. You can see that far forward as to mm. where this is going to end up. And being really, really confident with that, mm. being prepared to walk away the short term knowing that there's a longer term opportunity yeah. the other thing that's important with that is to know your market yep yeah we we knew every detail about the people that we were selling to we knew where she shopped we knew how old she was we knew if she had kids Perfect. or not all those things we had we knew we went better in Penrith than what we did in north sydney yep. we knew exactly how that socio economic demographic worked mm. and it was much easier for us then to tail, tailor not only the products. But also our language, our tone of voice, our messaging, and you adjusted it Dep-
0: depending where it was. Absolutely, very smart, very smart. Mm-hmm. Um, talk just just to wrap that up. Um, tell me about the numbers that you guys are doing. If you can share, come, kind of what, what that looks like today.
1: On you're talking about twelve body transformation. Twelve week body transformation. I'm not sure. I actually had dinner last night with one of my co-founders of Twelve Week Body Transformation. It's, it's nothing like it was in mm. the, the heyday. The heyday, yeah. Um, and that itself is interesting because mm. I think it, it talks a lot about business life Yes. Uh, and what yes. you do with that. Uh, but having said that, it's still very successful. It still goes well. Yep. We've, oh Gosh, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people Great. have done that, that yeah. program. And not only just done it, but we were doing something very good. We've got so many what we used to call WBT babies out there, people that couldn't conceive yep. because they weren't healthy enough. Is that right? We put them through that program and it ended up we got one, two. Next thing we know, <laughs> there's dozens, there's probably hundreds now. So, you know, th- the benefits that come out of that, mm. this is solid stuff, this is mm. great, great piece of work that's mm. being done with, no, yeah. with a program that's being delivered online, you know, Barely a Connection.
0: No, that, that's amazing because well, it's micro community, isn't that? And you said something really interesting in regards to everything has a life cycle to it. And we go through ups and downs and I think that's kind of where businesses and we have a lot of businesses that watch this program and it's kind of where businesses go. There's an up and down cycle and everything. Mm. However, I actually think that um, that's where where my interest is. The innovation part is is the adjustment change and, and how do you predict the future? How do you know that you're going to hit a down point if, you've, if you're a new personal trainer or a new fitness operator or a new health and fitness business, any business, and you're saying, hey, things are good now. Things are going well. Um, that's going to be good forever,
1: pretty much. How, how do you actually see where the problem may lie in the future? Mm, it's a good point, actually, and uh, it is very common. Mm. Um, it's, it's, it's a bit of a, a, a pet subject of mine, I've got to say, because the time to innovate in your business is not when you see the downturn. The time to innovate is when you're still on the up. Mm. So most businesses, let them get to this point and things start to drop off and they're going, well, we need to do something, that's the wrong time. Right. Too the late. The time to do that, yeah, too late, is here on the way up, start looking for where the issues are, where the growth is, mm. where the innovation lies, what the technology around you that can, that can support you with it, who are the new markets that you can address. That's the time to be doing that. Mm. And time and time again, businesses drop off, and then you're digging yourself out of a hole. Big hole.
0: Yeah, all been through there. Yep. Talk about... Um so let's, let's talk about it a little bit more specifically in the fitness industry. Um, we obviously see things like Fitbits. We th- see things like, um, you know, all these online programs that are coming out there everywhere, right? So obviously people are understanding, hey, there's a gold mine there. Let's get on it. But maybe too late. We don't know. But there is now information out there. This information technology. We can go do fitness anywhere, any place. We just need a phone, an iPhone, a computer. We can do it at home. How is that going to shift in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years to the gyms? The, to the personal mm. training studios, do you think they're going to be around?
1: Do you think mm, it's all going to change? Like, uh, what do you think about that? I think it, they'll certainly be around. Okay. I think what we'll see is a shift, certainly with the bigger clubs, yep. with, the, with the bigger box clubs, we're going to see a shift in health and wellness. They've got the capacity there to bring allied health into those spaces yeah. and then allied then health. expand yep. into that. I think that's going to be a major trend that we'll see. Great. And they'll need to do something to compete with the 24 sevens. Mm. The 24 seven clubs couldn't have existed Ten years ago, no one would know what to do when you walked in there. You walked in the box. And you go in a 24-7 club now, yeah. and um, most of the time, I don't see... I go to a 24-7 club, I don't see too much actually going wrong in there. Everyone pretty knows what much knows what they're doing. Yeah. So one of the great achievements of the fitness industry since the early years of the 90s is that we've built this incredible cohort of gym-savvy people that can mm. walk into a club yes. and, and make that happen. Yes. That couldn't have happened
0: before. Yes, I remember years ago... Um, even you know, in my gym that I was at, there, in the weight section, there was a cardio and weight section, and you'll never see a female in the weight section at all. I went overseas for a couple of years, and I came back, and I went to the same gym with a fresh mind. I go, oh my gosh, it's all mixed now. There's no, there's no 50% here to It's all kind of mixed in. Yeah, yeah. And even just that innovation, I was saying education around how to do fitness, and you go walking 24-7, it's like everybody's, everybody's having a, a fa- fine time. Nobody's wearing thongs and doing crazy things. Yeah. Yeah, they're
1: responsible, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that that's... Some that, that, that really demonstrates the maturation of the industry. Mm. You know, we are a mature industry now at, ev- at every level. Yep. So we've improved our uh, participation rate by around about 15 to 16 percent now. I think back in the 90s we were about 9 percent or thereabouts. We've almost doubled it in mm. that time. Mm. But that's big news. We've only got to increase the participation rate by around about 1 percent to see a significant change to the to the the, the, the revenue that the industry produces. So always trying to increase that cohort, always trying to get more people into exercise. That's, that's well, the issue.
0: Let's talk about that then because you look at the consumer side and we're still seeing obesity rates rise, right? But then we're also seeing that the fitness industry stabilise, there's in a growth pattern. More people are educated around fitness and around health. Are we seeing in the future that that is going to shift and change? What, what do you think that
1: barrier is? Probably nutrition is the thing that's held us back. But there's a very good argument to say that the fitness industry has done a terrific job of getting fit people fitter. Yeah. Um, fit people fitter. Yeah. Interesting. Y- you, could, you could certainly argue that, because it's a very valid point, Richard, that yeah. you make. You know, what impression have we made in actual mm. fact? We've got more clubs, more access, more people exercising, mm. and yet we've got a bigger health issue that's going on out mm. there. The, we're, we're actually not... The fitness industry isn't reaching its, its, um, its consumer when it comes to nutrition. Interesting. Uh, so, and that's going to take time for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, but sure. also, we're not in the health agenda, in sure. the public health agenda. Sure. Sure. We don't have our feet under the table of the public health agenda meetings.
0: Sure. And I, I see this, what we're talking about here, is possibly the innovation for the future. It is, is there's a market there? How do we attract the nutrition? How do we attract the fitness? How do we attract the, not going to the fitness people, but going to the unhealthy people that actually need that support? Yeah. yeah. And it, it's funny because, you know, now, yeah, we can walk in 24 7 gym and everybody's behaving themselves. But possibly, do we need to get them not behaving themselves so we can get the unhealthy people into the gym?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's probably, it's a good point, it's probably not a good measure of, of the fact <laughs> we're reaching the unhealthy population, everyone in there is looking fit and knowing yes, what they're doing, so we yes. really need some people that aren't. Yeah. So I mean, for our, from our point of view, we're always trying to expand the market, yeah. we're always trying to get more personal trainers out there, yeah. the more PT we've got out there that are uh, uh, scrambling for space and relevance yep. in that space, the more people we're reaching.
0: How many PTs are in Australia now? How many are registered with Fitness Australia at the moment? We've got about
1: 23,000 registered with us at the moment. Yep.
0: Um, and is that continuing to grow over year? No,
1: that continues to decline. Okay. And it has done now for a couple of years. Yep. 2012-13 uh, were probably the halcyon years where everyone wanted to be a personal, personal trainer. trainer. yep. And then suddenly they realise that, yes, you get up at half past four in the morning, your client doesn't turn up, and you did finish at 10 o'clock the night before. And yeah, been there. Yeah, all that. <laughs> so... There, there was a flurry of activity. Um, there was support from the government with VET. Uh, the VETB help thing happened. Yep. And then at the end of the day, we are now in a correction phase. Okay. So we're, we're pretty much at cruising altitude now.
0: A- and a correction phase I- is a normal phase in, in kind of any life cycle. Um, and I've noticed personally in the industry that uh, it's around quality as well. And we're not getting, uh, I think, the fitness industry is more professional, you could say and it might not be the fly-by-nighters that were here for a quick, a quick buck, and they're, they're kind of gone. Would you agree to some of those statements?
1: Yeah, I would, actually. I think the, the function of the of Fitness Australia is to professionalise the industry yep. uh, at every level. We professionalise, literally make a profession out of it. Mm. So, um, if you're, you know, you're a professional trainer, mm. um, as well as professionalise it from the perspective of, of business and industry and its yep. representation of the government yep. and the amount of cut-through it has when it comes to policy-making decisions and such like. Mm. So that, that's that stage, that's effectively okay. what, what the, I guess the central tenet of yeah. what Fitness Australia does, the association does and indeed the industry as a whole. Yeah.
0: And we'll talk about that because I mean, our company, Com, we do business marketing education, we've come aboard to give business marketing education advice to personal trainers and gym owners. And, We believe uh, through education we can really have an impact in their business. I'd love to hear your opinion on how do you think businesses, and you've been in business your entire life, Mm. how do you think businesses need to move ahead now with their marketing, with their business, with their education to be better business people, to be better organisations, to be better gyms, to be better personal trainers? What are the the, the key tricks that you have or tools that you have?
1: Well, I'd start by saying that anyone in the fitness industry... Whatever business is, is that they're running, they're actually running a digital marketing business. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, fundamentally, if you start there and work backwards, you're going to be okay. So, understanding that digital marketing is fundamental to the way that you're, to the success of your business, its longevity and yep. its profitability is yep. the first, first stage. Understanding too that, as I think I indicated earlier on, one of the if you don't know about it, find someone that does, yep. and not everyone will understand digital marketing. Uh, and indeed, unless you're really uh, focused on that space, yeah. the pace of change is going to dictate the fact that sure. you're going to be a bit left behind. Sure. So I think there are fundamentals with it. Um, yeah. The days of an A-frame outside of a, a gym are, are long gone. Yep. Yeah, that's all over. It was cheap, but you know. <laughs> but those days are long gone. Yep. But I think that's the fundamental mm. premise. Um, certainly something like the, 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 the digital marketing health check yeah. uh, That's something that in Fitness Australia, we like to make it as easy as we possibly can for businesses to grow. We have a Grow Your Fitness business product. And there's every element in there. Mm. I know that when I was in business, and particularly in small business, there is so much that you have to get your head around. There is. And in the end, you have to be something of an accountant. You've got to understand about your marketing. You've got to know about Mm. what the Fair Work Act says about your employees and all these things. It's very, very complex space. We shouldn't have to think that we are... Uh, or, or, or believe that there's any onus upon us to be experts in all of this space. There's not. Yep. And getting help when and where you can and no, getting support when and where you can, that was a big message, I mean, probably for me, in 12-week body transformation. Mm. We didn't know about digital. We brought two people on that did. That did. Yeah, that's really yeah. transformative because
0: it's, it's, you're literally saying, hey, if you want to be in business, if you want to be in fitness business, you need to understand that you're in the digital space, get that right, then you can do what you're really passionate about. Yeah. That's ultimately what you're saying here. Yeah. It's yeah. very powerful because um, I believe that as, it, as an industry, if we're gonna impact um, the people that need the help. You need to impact them through marketing. You need to make sure you get your message out there, because unfortunately you do not get paid um, how good your, um, your how, how clean your equipment is or, or you know have you uh, done your books for the weekend like yeah that's, that's needed but ultimately you get paid are you getting the clients in your door ultimately mm-hmm. so it's really good advice there um, I want to finish up just in regards to where you think and I think you've already shared a, a whole array of, of some major lessons that you learned I, I did like the biggest one is it's getting proximity around you that if you don't know it Um, Go find people that do in any way, shape, or form, and you literally uh, formed a company with the people that uh, you didn't have that skill set in. So I think that's probably the huge lesson here we're talking about. But if you can give one piece of advice now um, to a business owner that's just started up, and um, they've got to understand everything, where where do you think what's the biggest piece of advice that you could give a business owner to stay in business over the next 20 years? What's what's if you look back in your past history? Where do you think the number one thing that really made an impact in your your business? I think
1: there's a a couple of things, Richard. Certainly the biggest one is the professional side of that. There's there's absolutely no doubt that the the success that I've been fortunate enough to enjoy, I could never, ever have done that on my own. That leads into the second piece, which is engagement and engaging with others, engaging with. Other businesses, engaging with your association, engaging with other... Yep. So you, you, you've got to be in, out there, amongst it. Yeah. The people that don't do so well are the go-it-alones. And, right. and they're just tucked away in a little corner here. And, yeah, well, it's mainly word of mouth. So i get... No, no, no. Yep. You know, you've know, you got to be out right. there. You've got to be getting amongst right. it. And, and what, off the back of that, probably the third piece, is you've got to be busy. You know, you, you can't be... Stagger around checking Facebook in between clients. Isn't it? You've got to be busy. You've got to be in, on, and and on, Yeah, absolutely. The, the old hard work adage, it's still, it's still relevant.
0: Love it. Uh, these are amazing advice, amazing tips there. Thank you so much, Bill. Appreciate your time. I know you're a busy man. You've got Fitness, at at the fitness Expo coming up. Richard, Thanks so thank much. you so much. Thank Lovely you. to chat with you. Thanks Thanks a thank lot. you. That's this week's episode on industry change. I'll see you next time.